Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, here in the depths, not the bowels this week, of <laughs> Pepsi Center as we recap the Nuggets' season opening victory over the Phoenix Suns. Final score 108 to 107 in overtime. Probably wasn't supposed to be that close, and the Nuggets certainly played like it was that close, but they pulled it out at the end to help me break this all down, to help me cover the games here. I have my deputy manager. For Denver Stiffs, Zach Mikosh sitting across from me. Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, oh, hey, so what is the difference between depths and bowels? I, I, I haven't got this. You know, it sounds about. like poop. Well, yeah, it's, well, it literally is a bowel is is something that we just... We're going to throw that word out. We're just going to go with depths. It's offensive to... Uh, to the Pepsi Center. All right, that, that, that's fair. That's fair. We call it the can, though. So I mean, that's yeah, also like synonymous with the toilet. Like, like honestly, there is wow. definitely a there is definitely a place for it, but we're so, we're just going to ignore it. A uh, whole lot of poop metaphors going on. That <laughs> that laugh that you hear to my left is Jenna Garcia, social media director. Jenna, how are you doing? Um. I am so like high on life, you guys. We just watched a home Nuggets game. It's been it's been a long time. The preseason doesn't count. Right. This was a great great game. As you guys know, this is my first not. like except except <laughs> it wasn't. But it was a, it was a fun game to watch. And there were a lot of fun highlights in this game. There were that would, Jeremy yeah, Grant sure. dunks. Yep. Uh, Tory Craig game saving block. Yep. Uh, Nikola Jokic had some really nice passes yep. and, and had a clutch bucket as well. A lot of and ones for sure. Yep. Uh, I I was actually really enjoying my time at this game. As long as you you don't like take it too seriously with the Nuggets wanting to win, and it, like <laughs> the Nuggets should win this game by twenty. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it was it was still a fun game to enjoy. It. Uh... I mean, I'll disagree, but <laughs> this this game was just exhausting to me, and it, it, it mostly goes to the refs. Like, it, it just so many whistles. Clearly, uh, traveling the 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 shuffle when you're you're starting your dribble is is a point of emphasis for the refs this year. I think they called that thing like three possessions in a row on the corner or something like that. Uh, it just and just a ton of fouls. At the end of that. I mean, what three? It, it was awesome because it was all Suns players, but like three players foul out right in a row. It was a lot of whistles for me. Uh, true. The the points of emphasis that the referees are putting up this year have really bitten Nikola Jokic very right. hard. Uh, in the bowel? In, in, in the, the bowels. In the bowels. Very much so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a lot of traveling calls in the first game, uh, so an offensive foul call. He had a couple of traveling, traveling calls this game. He didn't have an offensive foul, but it was... It was it's still not crisp. Things are definitely not crisp so far. Right. Uh, we had Jamal Murray as the player of the game on Denver Stiffs. I thought he earned that with his fourth quarter and overtime performance. I thought that 
he really stepped up as the scorer that the Nuggets needed in those situations. He hit some free throws. That was a big deal for the Nuggets down the stretch. Um, Nikola Jokic obviously picks up a triple-double, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 12, uh, 14 rebounds, 12 assists. But I thought the big story of this game was the defense from the Nuggets' perspective. I thought the defense really stepped up. Jenna, is that something that you're seeing from guys like Gary, Will, Jeremy Grant, guys like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously Grant is a great addition to this team in multiple ways. Uh, his dunks were two of my favorite moments in this game. Actually, three with that reverse. Even the Even didn't get the it. lack of it finishing, it didn't matter. It was so cool that he was actually going to do that as like in a game because you don't see that happen very often anymore. But um, I think it's interesting that people always say like, "Oh, it was a win's a win," and it was a messy game, like you said, you know. But I feel like they only say that about defensive wins. A right. Defensive win because it looks scrappy mm-hmm. because guys are falling all over the floor, they're diving, they're um, getting steals. Their offense isn't really working for them, so they are kind of scrapping and piecing together, you know, a win here, but that's what a defensive win is, and that's what Michael Malone loves to see from his players. Um, when you, we spoke to Tory Craig on media day, he was like, the defense could improve so much. Uh, Jeremy Grant, after the first preseason game, he said, oh, wow, we have a lot to work on on defense. And then he came out and got – a pretty good defensive game from these guys. So I do think that it's uh, it looked discombobulated. Right. Yeah, but they it really, is what, what they were kind of going for, in they, a sense. They really turned the game around uh, with that defense, particularly in the third quarter where I think they held them to 17 points. Um, and it was really your, your guards. I mean, your guards were not playing great. Monty Morris did not play good, um, again, for the second night in a row. Uh, you know, it, we couldn't hit threes. Nobody could hit a bucket to start, but they kept themselves in the game because those guards were playing great defense. They ended up getting the lead because they played great defense. And then at the end of the game, Tor Craig wins it with defense, with a great defensive play. So, yeah, I mean, the, the guards, not the greatest on offense tonight, but they made up for it uh, on the other end of the court. Seven steals this game, 12 blocks this game. Devin Booker had a really brutal game scoring yes. the ball. He only shot... 6 of 21 from the field, and when, when you're the main offensive option, that's really difficult. By by extension, Jamal Murray shot 8 of 19, and that was right. kind of a, a lower efficiency game for him. Uh, Nikola Jokic shot 8 of 18. That was definitely a lower efficiency game from him. But the Nuggets, guys, those are, those are the kinds of performances that you're hoping for from your stars. And Devin Booker, give credit to Gary Harris in that, in that he, he really held Devin Booker up for sure. And then, as you said, Torrey Craig with the game-saving block. like right. That's one of the reasons that Torrey Craig is in the rotation. And we're probably going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. in the next segment. But I think Torrey Craig has earned his place in this rotation over the first two games. Right. And that, that, to me, is very, very clear. And Michael Malone can feel validated by making that decision. Despite what the fans think, despite what the fans want to hear, Torrey Craig has been a difference maker so far. If Michael Porter Jr. was not available not on the bench, unavailable to play. You would not hear anyone complaining about Corey Craig starting because he ha- gave he gave you an all out kind of he gave you an all out performance. Agreed, and he right. always does. That's right. that's his bread and butter is all out defensive. Throw yourself on the ground, grind one out, kind of a performance. But everyone is so high on the anticipation for this kid, and I just feel like it's like. He hasn't even earned it yet, really. Right. You don't really know he's good. 
you know he's has the potential to right. be good. That's true. Right? Yeah. We haven't seen it over a large That's like size. when you go on a date with somebody and you're like, eh, I really like this person. On the outside, <laughs> I'm really interested in what they are bringing to the table. And then you eat one of their french fries and they yell at you and take it. <laughs> you don't know. This sounds like, like, like this this sounds from personal experience here. Might have happened to me once or twice. Pretty bad first date, I would say. I, say. I, I will say that Michael Porter Jr., we don't know one way or the other. It's he, right. he did he did prove I I would say that there is reason to be excited for him and fans should feel excited for somebody like that and say hey look this is a guy that we think can take us over the top but the problem that I think fans don't really appreciate and understand is that this Nuggets team is good without him right. they are really 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 good well because they're so excited about the anticipation of how great they could be with him right. but it's also about earning that you know like mm-hmm. you, you, if you think about it like. Why is he deserve our, all of our anticipation? He, I don't know. I just don't feel like he's earned it yet. I don't so, think that he really has proven anything to anybody. He played in high school, right? No, and that's and, and I, I mean, I would. I, it's been arguing semantics. I would. I would disagree that he hasn't earned it. I mean, the guy. The guy spent an entire year rehabbing. He got back. He got in supposedly an open competition um, during preseason, and he played really well. But that being said, I don't think Tory Craig or Will Barton has done anything to earn losing their spot you know what i mean and so like it's just it's just where he's at right like like tory craig was the starter at the end of the playoffs he's come in preseason he's played well he's had two games in the regular season he's played well like yeah so on that point i agree like there's no reason to bring michael porter jr in over him at this point because there's no reason to pull tory craig out yet now if the nuggets start losing a bunch of games tory's not hitting threes will barton's doing too much hero ball whatever it is then like yeah you make a change then but i i think at this point you, you just kind of have to accept the fact that there's just not any minutes for him. And that's honestly part of the problem is people believe, people in media and fans believe that Barton has done something to lose this. Right, right. Which he that's hasn't. He, yeah. he was just hurt. That was all it was. And he's coming back from injuries. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to go through some rapid fire questions. We're going to summarize the week a little bit, kind of take you guys through what our feelings are after what we've seen over the past couple of days and from practice and from these games, including the player of the week. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Because I am so used to doing that. This is the Denver Stiff Show. This is the show where we all collaborate as media members among Denver Stiffs people. We were in the locker room tonight. I would say the locker room was was somber. That that's kind of the, the business like. It's yeah. very business like. You would think that after an overtime win, where where the the it was a game saving block. It was right. euphoric. I would say, or at least it should have been euphoric. This team, it, they didn't really act like that 
right. in the locker room. It was very much, we know that we're better and we should have been better than where we are. Right. I mean, it'd be different if you were, one, playing a team, you know, a high-quality team, which the Suns, I mean, granted, they look better this year, but let, let's be honest, they're not a team that anybody expects to make the postseason or anything like that. It's a team that you expect Denver to win. And then I think the other thing that makes it kind of hard to be super excited about the the win is, like, you had it in the bag in regulation. Like, you, Malik Beasley, man, you cannot reach in on a guy shooting from half court and get called for a foul with 1.7 seconds left. That's, that was just such a big mistake for him to make that I think it really, yeah, it really kind of just took the win out of sales. But like Coach said after the game, I mean, credit to the team. Even with that gut punch, they still found a way to get it done. Without shooting well, too. I think right, that, yeah. that, should be, that should be said that this was the same team that shot 18 of 32 against Portland. Right. They have that capably in them. They just have to continue to find a rhythm, find a kind of a consistency, kind of kind of like Jamal Murray, who, who I thought found a little bit of consistency today. Uh, but let's let's get into the player of the week because I think that this is this is going to be a recurring segment on the Denver Stiff Show. I want to continue to do some recurring segments and get the pulse of the other Denver Stiffs people here, uh, just just so we can kind of debate on some of these topics and. This Nuggets team is very deep, and there will be a lot of different players of the week, but I think that the the first player of the week should be unanimous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jenna, who do you think should be the player of the week for this Nuggets team? Of the week, so we're not just talking tonight's game. We're also talking the Portland game. That is a tough question. Um, I I honestly got to say Nikola Jokic. Yeah. I mean, he gets a triple-double tonight. He's consistent. Uh... He's phenomenal. His passing, oh my god. That one pass that we were watching him, he was on the block, he was getting super frustrated, and we're like, oh, he's pissed. He's going (laughs) to totally, like, knock this down. He's going to shut it down, and then all of a sudden, he's looking over to the high, kind of high wing, and we're thinking, oh, he's going to shoot it out for a three. Nope. Right to the baseline. (laughs) Gary Harris, boom, three-pointer. I mean, Nicola just sees everything, and it's like Coach Malone said, Nicola is playing chess, and the rest of you suckers are playing Checkers. He didn't say suckers. I said that. The rest of you suckers are playing checkers. He was not the only person to basically pants Devin Booker tonight. He pants Devin Booker with a pass. Jamal Murray pants him with an ankle breaker. Didn't really mention that in the first segment, but that was that was a big moment for this team. Got the team very hyped. We didn't even mention the Jeremy Grant dunks. Uh, that like that was a big point of this game too, where Jeremy Grant really a big welcome to the party. Uh, the Nuggets fans are really going to take Jeremy Grant, I think. And he has a, I think he has a claim for Player of the Week just because of his energy and what he brought to changing the momentum for this team. I could agree with that. In, in both games. However, I still think it's Jokic. I think, Zach, you agree that it's Jokic. Zach's nodding his head. This is a podcast. Sorry. It's a good thing we're doing backup recording because one recording just froze. But hey, that's why for all you podcast uh, entrepreneurs out there, make sure you at least have two recordings going. Um, no, it's um, – yeah, it, it's got to be Jokic, right? Because he, he comes into the second – or in the second half, obviously, has that first half that was just uh, brutal for him. Comes in the second half, goes ahead, gets the uh, gets the win for. I mean, guides the Nuggets to the win. Comes back tonight with a triple double. That's it's just. I mean, he's clearly he's got to be the the, the player. Going to be the guy, right? Yeah, it's. Right. It, I don't know who else you would argue. Another segment that I want to do: Who is the player who needs to forget this week ever happened? Is there a guy like that that played over the last couple of games that really stands out as somebody who? Because it could have been Adam Porter Jr. until you take play. 
Yeah, but, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna stick with guys <laughs> in the rotation right uh, now. I'm gonna go with Monte Morris to That's be honest. What I was yeah, gonna he's yeah. he's now I think two of twelve. On the season shooting, um, has oh, oh, 6 tonight, right? Yeah, oh, 06 tonight. Only played twelve minutes. Uh, just, just a struggle. And it's, it's everything just seems to be coming up short. You know, all of his floaters and all of his jumpers are just they're just not getting there. And I don't know if it's fatigue or whatever. I mean, it, but something. I mean, I mean, out of all the guys, Monty, you expect to get it right. But something that if I was going to have one guy to forget the week, it's definitely him. Maybe Gary Harris. That would be my second choice. It's, yeah. it's especially offensively. Yeah. Though I do think that Gary Harris had a great defense. And I wonder if Gary even notices. You know, like, it's very apparent. Jamal notices when he misses free throws. He yeah, notices yeah. when his shot is off. Right. It's very, because his mind is so offensive. Um, I wonder if Gary even notices when he has an off shooting game because he, I think he's just more a defender. Um, you saw he did an interview with KS1075 the other day, and he was, like, saying how his dad really wanted him to play football. And football right. was really more of his natural talent. And... I wonder if he just like loves that like kind of like physical aggression intensity that football brings to everything. And he played cornerback in, in high school. Is that correct? Are we? Am I? Am I off base there? Probably corner and, and wide receiver. receiver and wide yeah. receiver. Okay, so he's he's offense and defense, right. of course. But like, is that how most co- high school football yes, players are? Definitely. Oh yeah, it's it's especially if you're a talented player like right. that, you don't specialize. Which is, I mean, I played but, zero ways. But he's school. a bulldog, and, and like, he does have that ways. defensive kind of football <laughs> mentality. I thought he really took it to Devin Booker, like on, oh, on yeah. the defensive end tonight, and and that was a big deal. But Monte Morris specifically, there was one play that really stood out to me about why the Nuggets bench could continue to struggle offensively. The Nuggets wanted to run a set where they were freeing Jeremy Grant going downhill to the rim. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Aaron Baines was right in his way because Mason Plumley's man parks right in front of the rim because Mason Plumley can't right. shoot. Right. One of the things about Denver's bench offense last year was that Trey Lyles was always a floor spacer. Jeremy Grant brings such a different dynamic to this team, and he can roll to the rim, and he can be a recipient for those lobs, that I think the Nuggets are going to have to come up with a different kind of set to free him up, because Mason Plumlee's man is always going to be at the rim. Uh, and that could also be why Monte Morris is struggling yeah. a little bit. You've got two guys that want to roll to the rim, that want to be explosive. Torrey Craig on the second unit. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot not of spacing out there. Right. So we're going to have to see how this plays out because I think that, that if there is a logical reason to put Michael Porter Jr. out there, it's for nights like tonight. Right, yeah. I mean, it's um, – and I almost thought that when they were in the, uh, in the the at the end of the first quarter going into the second, it was just abysmal. I mean, they were like something like shooting, I think, 28% from the floor at that point. It was brutal, and, and they, they were at one of everything from yeah. the three-point line for a long time. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, to me, it was like, man, is this? I was thinking, I was like, is this the time you bring out Michael Porter Jr. just because, like, he can get you a bucket? But coach stuck with it, you know. And, and like we said before, the defense, the defense was there. So I mean, they find a way to get done. You do wonder if, if you're not playing the Phoenix Suns, like, is this is this probably a loss? Is this end up being a blowout that gets away from you early on? I don't know. I, the Phoenix Suns are are better. They're they're better than they were last year. Dario Saric is a good, competent player. I thought he did a good job at small ball center next to or in facing Jokic most of the time. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. is a competent human being. Tyler right. Johnson is a decent defender. He's, he's also a beautiful man. But we're we're gonna we're gonna skip pat, right past that. But like the the point being is that the Suns have a lot more rotation caliber players this year 
than they did last year. And even without DeAndre Ayton, like Dario Sarge and mm. and Aaron Baines, they really held it down. I right, thought they, yeah. were, they were good. No, yeah, and, and we kind of talked about this in the roundtable before the game. Like, Baines, in a way, is almost better if you're playing Jokic because Aiton, I mean, for all of his talents, is not a very good defender. It's just facts of the matter. Very bad. You know, yeah, exactly. Whereas Baines is like, he's, I mean, that's pretty much what he's in there to do. He apparently thinks he can shoot threes. I don't think he actually he, he, hit he can. threes tonight. He, he's actually a decent Oh, he did hit one tonight. He did yeah, hit one tonight. it was just like at the very beginning of the game, too. But, um, um, but he's he's a very ta- like he's not a talented player, but he is a grinder, right? And somebody that I think like, a guy like Jokic kind of struggles with because right. Baines is such a technical, uh, defensive minded, very focused player, right? As opposed to the guys like Aiton and, and younger players who jump everywhere and jump all over the right, place. Right, they're looking for those highlight blocks. Yep, yep. That was one thing that actually stood out with Jokic today. Uh, let's see how many threes Jokic took. He only took two threes as opposed to five last week, but he took two threes in just 40 minutes. Right. He had a lot of pump fakes, yeah. a lot of pump fakes and yeah, driving right into Baines, mm-hmm. and Baines never bit on it. No, he, he, not, not once. once. He always yeah. was in good position. So that's one thing that if we're going to talk about points of improvement for Nikola Jokic is he has to start firing those up at some point. Right, yeah, he, he seemed definitely hesitant to, to shoot it. There were a couple times, you know, the defense, um, it wasn't like they were just letting him shoot it. They were, Baines was definitely closing out, but there were definitely a few a few times where he got the ball uh, above the three-point line, and I was like, that, you know, a guy who's not like Nicola, a guy who's looking for a shot, is going to shoot that every time. But with Nicola, it, I mean, and this has always been like one of the issues with him, right, is, is he gets almost too passive because if it's not like the perfect shot, if it's not like such a – a high probability shot, then he doesn't want to take it because he thinks he can find a better, you know, a better look another way. Okay, let's move on real quick. Jen, I want to start with you on this one. Uh, we talked a little bit about a little bit about the rotation in the first segment, but is this rotation more or less kind of what you expected to start the year? Honestly, I think they're still trying to get used to each other. Yeah. They don't seem fluid to me. Even there was one at one point in the second unit too where Monte went to get a lob and kind of missed it a little bit um misplaced maybe placed it a little too low for grant okay yeah, really yeah. finish it finish it um I, I i think that it's been such a long battle of who's gonna start a small four who's gonna start a small four yeah. that it's like literally that it's kind of like messing with their offense because they can't figure out who they were going to start they try to you know you're constantly trying to like rotate that person in in the fifth position and and it also might be due to Gary Harris. He he's not really doing what he needs to do, which is drive to the basket. He took a, a bunch of mid range uh, outside jumpers, and you're just thinking like, that's not really your role, man. Like, get your get your get yourself to the basket. You know, drive. That's yeah. what Gary does best. He right. drives so strong, and so I think Gary Harris struggling from outside and. Um, and then that kind of fifth spot that they just keep rotating through is kind of messing with them. Even, right. I mean, Nicole and Jamal look phenomenal. They right. clearly are on the same. They know like, what they're doing. They're, 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 their wavelengths yeah. are same. This is, this is the earliest I think that Jamal Murray has looked like a competent NBA player. I think that postseason uh, did him really yeah, a lot right. of good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He learned he, a lot from great. that postseason. And, and why, like, I, that might sound like a harsh statement, but going back and looking through some of his game logs over the he's beginning of his, like, he's had just had yeah, a lot of smokes. And, and he just looked great. 
Uh, two of five tonight from the three point line. Three of six last or last game. Yep. From the three point line. Hey, that's the kind of start that you're looking for from Jamal. Uh, let's let's keep moving it forward. Uh, let's predict. Will Michael Porter Jr. play a game before Halloween? That's in six days from now. How um, many games do they have? If yeah. I pull up the let's schedule, schedule, let's let's look at this real quick. Uh, I we we didn't pull up the schedule. We're like just going to talk through a it. Right solid, here. A solid podcast um, hosting here, Ryan. Hey, so they have three. Filler, you're yeah, exactly. That's right. So they have three more games. Uh, Ooh, the last game like on next Halloween. week. Are you it's, crazy? It, I know. Well, no, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> will not be in the rotation. He won't play at all. Uh, I'm not, is I'm that not the saying, question? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying all? in the rotation. Did I say the rotation? No, you just said will he play. What, who are they playing against these next three games? So these the next, Kings? Yeah, they're at the Kings on Monday. They are home against the Mavericks on Tuesday in a back-to-back. And then they go on the road to the Pelicans on Halloween. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of blowouts in there. I mean, it, it could happen. I guess the Kings haven't looked – they didn't look so great. Bagley's out now, but um, – I think the Mavericks will be a tough game. Especially on a back-to-back. And I think the Pelicans will yeah. give them a good run. Especially in New Orleans. Too, especially in New Orleans. So. Do you think that might be a reason to play Michael Porter Jr. if you're wanting to rest some guys on the back-to-back or play guys less minutes? It's like the fifth it's, game of the season. Yeah, Everyone's right. Resting. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Maybe. Well, and, Maybe. And the, I don't know. The, I don't know. The thing would be if you're going to rest a guy on a back to back, it would be Michael Porter Jr., right? Because like he's the one who's coming off injury, so well, but he he's not playing. Yeah, that's so he's saying he's ready. But there's not another guy in their rotation where you like feel like okay, we're going to give, we're going to do load management. Maybe Nicola, but then you're just going to play Mason Plumbing and Jeremy Grant a lot more. I'm going to go ahead and predict that he plays against Dallas. Okay, I uh, like that's it. that's my that's my take. I don't know if it's a good one. Uh, clearly he has not been in the rotation these first two games, and I don't think he's going to get on the floor against a Kings team that, I mean, this, if this team is any indication, this Nuggets team, I don't think that they're going to pull away against the Kings, so right. there may not be a great opportunity there. Plus, I think that Malone is going to want to play him at home as opposed to on the road yeah. to start his to start his career. That makes sense. You know, I mean, outside of Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr. physically is probably the best guy to put on Chris Stapps Porzingis. Um, just because of the yeah. length and the speed. You know, I mean, you can put Paul Millsap there too, but Chris Epps has got such a height advantage there. You can shoot right over him. So, I mean, maybe there, I guess. But I, I don't know. I'll, I, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. Hot take, I think that Jokic handles Porzingis pretty easily. On offense, for sure. I don't oh, know. But, but you think he can on defend defense. him? I think, I think Porzingis is like – that is a guy that does not have any athleticism anymore after an ACL tear. Do we know that though? I just haven't watched enough of him I, play I early his in the first season. Game, he looked pretty slow. Yeah, looked pretty mechanical. Because one thing Jokic really struggles with is those guys who can roll hard to the basket. I mean, Clint Capella kills him because of that. He's not rolling hard enough. All right, fair enough. Promise. Fair enough. Uh, well, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Either way, uh, Jenny, you start us off with this one. Is this the version of the Nuggets that you expected to see in Week One, or did you expect a little bit more from the team, a little bit less? Did you expect them to be two and out? I expected them to be 2-0. Yeah. I think I would say their talent has carried them right now. Yeah. The cohesiveness um, of their style of offense, the, the way that they're flowing together offensively, wasn't what I was expecting. I thought because of, you know, it's been preached all offseason. Oh, well, they're bringing back most of their guys. Or, like, right. they're the team that's bringing back the most players from their roster last season and blah, blah, blah. And it's like they don't look – like they brought back most of their guys. It looked messy. And again, that could be because it was a defensive game. It was scrappy. 
Um, but I guess I thought I, I loved the Nicola Jamal. I thought that that was well done. I thought that they were on the same wavelength. They were clearly clicking. Um, and and like Millsap looked good by himself. Uh, Gary didn't look great tonight, but maybe he looked bad, okay by himself separately, you know. But like as a whole five, I didn't right. see like a whole five out there that I was like, whoa, these all five of these guys are clicking. You know, there was a time when Malik was on the floor. Malik was clicking, but the other guys around him weren't clicking. And Malik wasn't clicking later right, on. Right, yeah, right. So they, I, I think in the Portland game, the bench unit really clicked in that game. That was that it's was kind something. Of the opposite tonight. And it was the opposite. I would say. I think the starters had their moments for sure. But it wasn't even though the starters. I think it was really that group that that Malone went to close close with, which was um, Murray, Beasley, and Grant. Beasley and Grant. Yeah, Grant and yeah. Beasley in, in place of uh, Barton and, and uh, Millsap. And that group. I mean, there's they're, they're the ones who got them there. Obviously, like we said, Malik makes that bonehead move that makes the game play five more minutes that we didn't need. But is this um, is this Nuggets team kind of the version that you thought you would see? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, with, I'm with Jenna. I, I don't you think they'd be a little more cohesive and they would be really, I, I kind of expected them to, you know, maybe blow the doors off the Suns tonight and it just didn't happen. And, and I think some of that's just credit to the Suns and that they're a better team than, than people expect them to be. Um, but they're, I'll say this. I mean, Jeremy Grant is everything I expected him to be. Uh, Jokic and Murray have been fine. Like Jenna said, Millsap's been fine. I think it's just mostly it's really the, uh, the that two guard spot man has really been kind of uh, up and down, and particularly Gary Harris, and then and then with Monty Morris off the bench struggling too. Those have been those have been the two spots, and it just seems like without those two guys uh, firing on all cylinders, it really kind of gums up everything around them. It's very true. The Nuggets need that spacing. Uh, I thought the Murray and Barton and Grant and all of those guys did a great job in the Portland game right. of spacing the floor around Jokic and around Plumley. That was that was a big deal. Um, but that's not that's not all they have to do now. They have to continue to be able to create. They have to continue to play defense, and the defense is beyond what I expected to start. Right? This yeah, season. that's true. The defense is uh, great. I yeah. thought. Yeah, a lot of people were thinking. This this defense could regress because right. of Denver's luck in terms of three point shots. That may still be the case. They may still like regress a little bit and and, and whatnot. But I thought their on ball defense and some of their focus with their guards off ball was really really good and mm-hmm. really really good progress in terms of where we thought they would be. Malone's probably like sitting in his big chair at his house right now. Probably still here, actually. And he's like, oh, yeah. yes! I finally got the defense <laughs> I wanted! The defensive yes! game! <laughs> For real! That's, he'll, he'll screw off with the 130 to 110 game. He, right. he wants to make sure that this team defends like hell. You know, um, one thing I was thinking, too, is like, um, when I played in particular, like, I was pretty defensive minded. It was like what I would think of first. I would always think sure. pass on offense before score and on defense I was just like kind of like Tory Craig type player where I was scrappy and on the ground a lot falling a lot but um I think you have more of those guys more defensive minded guys on the floor at one time with this group because of Jeremy Grant Paul Millsap Tory Craig so you're instead of like like it's almost like a learning curve that you have to like realize okay that person doesn't think the same way I think there was a moment in overtime where Tory Craig, right before he slapped that uh, last ball, last shot, but there was a moment and he shoved Jamal up 
mm-hmm. into right. his slot on defense and, because Jamal thinks offense first, you know? Yeah. And that's what makes Jamal great, and that's what makes Tory great. And even in his post-game presser, you know, Tory was like, I was help defense. That was my job. My job is to swat it away. And I mean, gosh, that he looked so long in that spot. Right. And he looked like he hung in the air for like right. forever for like the Michael Jordan dunk style. <laughs> like that's how long I felt yeah. like he was in the air for. Um, but like you have to get used to that being on the floor. And last year they had one less guy with that defensive mindset on the floor. Right. So offense maybe was clicking faster where maybe this that's part of why defense is clicking faster. This we're, year. we're just going to have to see how that goes. I, I do think that guys like Jamal, guys like Nicola, have taken more of a defensive mind, mentality mm-hmm. in this year, especially. Like we heard Jamal post game, I I that was the first time I had been ever been targeted as a defender, right? And that that's something he didn't like. That's something he wanted to change, and he wants to get rid of that reputation, or at least that's that's what he's saying. And I think he's he's certainly acting that way to start. So I thought he had a lot of great moments defensively, especially defending like Frank Kaminsky in the post. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, he like, was, like no, he, Frank Kaminsky's seven foot. Nice job, Jamal. Uh, but either way, uh, do you guys have any parting thoughts as we as we round out the week? Um, Devin Booker's a fraud. That's fraud, complete fraud. <laughs> wow. Like this is this may be fraud as city, but Devin Booker yeah. is the fraud star player. That's right, exactly. <laughs> uh, any thoughts, Jenna? I, I think that this team, I, I was really surprised to hear this team on Stephen A's top five list in the NBA. Wow. I'm really su- Yeah, number three. Um, and Mino Hassan has them as number one in the league. Um, mm-hmm. Really renowned NBA writers, people who have watched years of the NBA. Bobby Marks has got them winning it all this year. So. Yeah. Inc- yeah, because like, like, for example, Stephen A has them third, in, but he doesn't have them going to the um, right. Right, even like finals. the conference final. Yeah, right? so uh, I do think that this team. I mean, the talent. It's just obvious. It's Very just clear, in your face. Right? It's so yep. clear. So many and guys. the depth. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so many people, right. and so many people that can contribute, and it's going to be a storyline that continues to drive this season. Uh, whether the Nuggets are winning games, whether they're losing, and you wanted them to play a certain player, <laughs> Michael Porter. Uh, but either way, like this team, it just has so many options. There are so many people that can contribute to winning basketball, and we're going to get to watch it all. Yep. Game one in the books, guys. Game one in the books. Game like, two, ladies but... and gentlemen. Yeah, game two. Game <laughs> one. Oh, well, game game one at, at Pepsi. There you go. At That's Pepsi. Go. At the can. Um, at the hey, bowels of the can. They're two and zero. Oh. This is a this is a successful week. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see what happens going forward, but I I continue to think that this team is going to get off to a hot start. That's just who they are. That's what they've prided themselves on. They may not look perfect, but they like they win close games. They right. get it done. They find a way. So There's a lot of day job tonight true. for me. Right. Yeah. What yeah. I felt yeah. about last season, how many yep. games was kind of were like this. Did I want to know, did you guys ever have a nug life moment? Where it was like uh, 98, 90, 95, I mean, 95, was there ever like, oh crap, they're going to lose this. I mean, when Malik Beasley fouls on a half-court three-pointer, yeah, that's, that's pretty nug life that's right there. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like, I still thought they were going to come back and win it in overtime. Like, that's, it was, in those positions, I, I think the Nuggets have earned our trust. Right. Especially after last year's performance that, hey, we might get it a little bit close, but we're not going to drop it. We're not going to drop it all the way. So... Either way, that's going to do it for us. 
Uh, I am Ryan Blackburn. He is Zach Mikosh, at Zach Mikosh on Twitter. She is at Viva Vida Diva. At Vida Viva Diva. That's the one. Damn it! I am so close. I'm going to get it this one time. At Vida Viva Diva. Correct. Jesus Christ. It's fine. Jenna Garcia, social media director. Follow everybody on Twitter and Instagram. Again, I'm Ryan Blackford. Thanks so much for tuning in to us, and we will see you guys next week. 